Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, yeah. Hey everybody, it's your boy Robbo back again to bring you more podcast magic with my buddy Steel. How you doing, Steel? That still makes me laugh. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. Good. If you're new to the, the, the Robbo report, I hear him him say what is it? It's your boy. It's your boy Robbo. <laughs> it makes me giggle every time. It just tickles me. It tickles me, Robbo. That's what I aim to do. Nice. Now, um, this episode, we're going to... We've got some listener reactions to the previous uh, uh, Batu adventure, and we'll avoid any spoilers in uh, the feedback from uh, Robbo's highly acclaimed episode. Um, Robbo's Batu Adventure, episode 26. And we're going to do a watch-along commentary type deal with season one, episode four, The Mandalorian Sanctuary. So, um, and we do that in a way where if you want to watch along, you can do that. But uh, if you just want to listen, you know, we're pretty... Um, Descriptive when we need to be and not even talking about what's going on in that scene when we need to be also. That, that's a fair warning, don't you think, Robbo? I think so. Now, um, obviously, crazy times. Um, unbelievably bizarre. Um, how, how are you doing, Robbo? Uh, pretty good, all things considered. You know, I got my health. I can still work, so uh, that's good. Just a lot of good old family times in the in the old uh, the stately Robbo Manor. You know, <laughs> stately. Um, Robbo's one of those uh, celebrities posting on Instagram from their their pool next to their uh, bowling <laughs> alley. So uh, good to see. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> good to see. Um, yeah, so we're not going to. Um, we just wanted to let everyone know we're thinking about them. Stay safe. Um, I had to dart across the the planet to get home uh, to get our family back together, and um, it uh, it's very strange. But um, do you know what we have to pass the time, Robbo? What do we have, Steel? Our nitpicks about our most favorite thing to watch on a screen. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's, I feel like, yeah. I mean, without that, what are we? Regular people ugh, leading ugh. fulfilling lives. It's, ugh. 
Horrible. Horrible. I, I just, I can't even picture it. Oh, my stars. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, just uh, we hope uh, to to add some entertainment. Um, I know I've been enjoying listening to podcasts at the moment uh, yeah. and just sort of, uh, you know, having a break. And uh, it's a honour and a privilege to uh, help fill some of your time with a bit of, um, trust me, soon-to-be annoying opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so uh, this is episode 27, which you know the rules, Robbo. I do. Every third episode, divisible by three, uh, we put up on the main feed, because uh, this is normally a Patreon exclusive on the $3 and up tier, but um, I haven't even told you this, Robbo, this is breaking news. Okay. But I am going to put episode 26, Robbo's Batu Adventure, Are up, you, up on the main feed. Like, look, if you know Steel, and you know how Steel cares about his self-imposed rules, this is a big deal. This is, like, high praise. This is, like, just, like, for Steel to break one of his own arbitrary rules, and it, it means something. This is the crazy thing, Robbo. How, how a week changes everything. You know what I mean? Like, I remember right. those passive-aggressive uh, Twitter DMs you were saying about uh, just just little suggestions about putting it up on the main feed. And I'm like, what what, what was my... Do you know my very succinct quote back to uh, end the argument? Or the... Uh, uh, I believe you said something like, math is math or something like that. <laughs> Spot on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's... Yeah, I love it so much. Everyone that's listened to it's enjoyed it. And uh, I, I I kind of, um, I feel like it, it's something that um, everyone uh, could do with at the moment. And that is a uh, an epic... Really, really long story. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but, but this is, it's, it's three hours. Yeah. It's, it's... But all the feedback is complementing its length. I don't, yeah, I felt like I kind of got off the rails a little bit. I was really trying to keep it down to like movie length. I didn't want my story about going to Disney World to be longer than a Star Wars movie. But here we are. (laughs) If only they were all this long. Got to exercise some control, you know? But uh, yeah, I mean, I... I've been really touched by the, the the people's responses to it, and um, I'd like to think that it's like it may be like the closest thing to like positive, life affirming content that I'll I'll ever produce. So uh, that's good. Here's the thing, right? Early on in the episode, you know, regular listeners know that sometimes I have to get pretty warmed up before I hit my uh, once-an-episode professional wrestling reference. Mm -hmm. But I'm starting early. Robbo, Mm -hmm. 
for those not following, we've got to find these episodes. That's we, we should get someone. Um, well, we've got all this free time to um, chronicle the story of Robbo on the podcast. Because like I, a Robbo supercut, just like <laughs> the Robbo saga, a, a family adventure. But um, so for those that are new or just um, don't remember these life-changing moments for me. But when we were doing the call-in show, and also holler out to us if you want the call-in show back. I've, I've been pretty hectic, but if, you know... <laughs> now we got nothing but time. Yeah, if, if that's something that, um, like, that you'll enjoy. I just feel like, yeah, I just want to... If we can, you know, entertain people for a bit, I want to be able to do it. So you want to reach out and touch someone's deal? No, Here's- that's that's the last thing I want to do this week. Oh, okay, right. But like, I mean, in the in the, like the AT and T commercial sense, you, maybe you didn't get those because AT and T wasn't providing phone service in Australia. But that was, I believe, that was AT and T's old slogan, or maybe it was Bell Atlantic or something. Reach out and touch someone. Well. I don't even know. So you could say it's about Boost Mobile. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound like a, a like a street smart enough. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. They're pretty um, cor- in my face. I don't know about your face, but they're in my face. Corporate graffiti. Yeah, they're very Pepsi Max. Yes, indeed. But. Um, where was I, Robbo? I've, I've lost my train of thought on... I don't, I don't know what happened. You're saying something about if you, if, if you don't know who I am. Oh, yes. The Robbo story. So we do the call-in show, and Robbo called in, and he was, he was very abrupt. I, I think... I, I feel like in retrospect, he was someone that had so much to say, and then he f- had a chance to say it, so he wanted to say it all at once. Uh, that's... I think that's right. I never thought about it that way. But <laughs> that's like the first time I've ever, I think I ever spoke about Star Wars like on a nerd to nerd level. With oh, it showed. Yeah. But also, like, I think that <laughs> once you get used to that how the I normally do things, that you realize that it's it's not coming from a place of like anger and rage, but it it, it at that time. It could have been. You don't know. So if you don't know this guy, like maybe maybe he is as awful as he sounds. But hopefully, people realize that's not that's not exactly true. Slightly and, less awful than I sound. Slightly. Um, and, and Robbo's number one trope was the talking, the the, the beginning of the se- a sentence during halfway through someone else's, which um, I remember. I, I quickly grew fond of the whole affair but i know sometimes we'd have like a guest host on that wasn't prepared they were they weren't roboed up and um (laughs) i was um at the end of oh no the beginning of the thriller film clip uh eating my popcorn for for a few of those (laughs) but what fascinated me about robbo was that that he just had this firm view, very well thought out view, regardless whether I agree with it or not. 
but he just had a point of view that he had a reasoning for. And sometimes the reasoning seemed a little bit manic. And I was, I was very um, taken by, like, I wanted to keep telling him things or asking or just mentioning parts of Star Wars because I was fascinated on what his report, like what his take would be on it. And, and, and that was sort of how our show, the Robbo report, that was my, um, that's what I, I, I just want an excuse to be able to um, <laughs> like just enjoy the comedy of your reasoning because sometimes it's very pained even like it's, 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 it's like, a, oh, yeah. it's like a curse. <laughs> I think it's one of the most entertaining parts of the show for other people must be like just listening to me when I'm in the middle of saying something and I realize it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I try to like course correct. And then it just ends up being like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whatever. The Robbo sigh of self-reflection. Yeah. Like that. And, um, so where professional wrestling come in, right? Originally when, uh, the Robbo character debuted, he, he was seen as a, as a, as a bit of a heel. Oh yes, yeah, I guess so. And um, even you know, some people like it was just like that. I was starting a Patreon episode, like show with you. People were like, "Oh, that's that's a weird choice." And I was like, "Are you serious? This is going to be the best fun ever." He's um, I, I have I'm I can't wait to ask him about Max Rebo's feet, Robbo. How do you feel about him? They're also his hands. See, is that, that's, is that what it is? <laughs> I have no idea, but, um, yeah. So, uh, I've enjoyed the, 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 the heel did a, did a long face turn, which in professional wrestling is when the bad guy turns good. You get to right. know him a bit better and you, you know what he's all about. And then after last week's episode, that was it. You, you've gone from like, Rowdy Roddy Piper to the golden boy Hulk Hogan holding the world title a lot. I really don't want to be compared to Hulk Hogan. Can you pick anybody else? Hmm. I see your point. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I don't even really follow wrestling at all, but I know the terms, and I also know the terms that Hulk Hogan in particular was prone to use. Uh, in in, uh, in his life, and I don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> All right, this is one for the for the for the the current viewers of professional wrestling. He's gone from Roman Reigns to WrestleMania Thirty era Daniel Bryan, who's the who's the baby face of of the day, I guess. Right, mega baby the, face, the face, yeah, mega baby face. Now, um, yeah, so I've um. I've, I've, I've found it so rewarding. And I also, it's one of those things that I just have to congratulate myself, Robbo, for having the foresight to be able to, to be able to see the diamond in the rough that is Robbo. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That was a very pro wrestling heel take on the, uh, on the circumstances. 
Yeah, it is yeah. like yeah, it's self-aggrandizing. Yeah, yeah, it's um like I, I I'm sort of trying to present it as a compliment for you, but it's really yeah, it's it's about you. It's all about me. It's all yeah. about me. Woo! That does take uh, some, you know, recognize when somebody could be entertaining. I mean, that is what you know, like talent scouts of various industries have to do. So, you know, it takes some talent. Well, the, the thing was, if if you ever like gave me a chance on those episodes to reply to what you were saying, I, I would have mentioned how interesting I found it all. I think you're exaggerating a little bit about how much I interrupted you. Really? At the first episode, I know I was, but it was, it was, um, but I think soon after that, I really tried to make a point of not interrupting you. Maybe I didn't mind doing that as much, but, uh, anybody else I tried really hard not to. Now you relish it. Yeah, I don't No, I just let you finish usually on this show now. It's right. Like, oh, I, thanks Kanye. I'm gonna let you finish. I get references. So, yeah, you're, I don't you're, know. You're a regular Captain America, aren't you? That's a that's reference an, on a, yeah, reference, a reference about yeah. references. <laughs> yeah. Someone's iPhone just shattered. These are these are hats on hats, deal. I don't know whether <laughs> how much taller you want to build that tower. Yeah, well. Jenga. Is Jenga in America? Is that a mm-hmm. thing? Is Jenga an American thing? It it, it's a thing in this country, yes. Excellent. Congratulations. I mean, back when kids played games like that, that I don't know what they do now, but I see Jenga in stores collecting dust, I'm sure. No, no, no. This is the thing about Jenga. It's 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 got fake ID. Like it doesn't get used by kids anymore. It's all like underage drinkers and and you know, like you're you, you 18 to you 18 to 25 year olds. Spring break. They love a Jenga. Love it. I can, I can see that. In when Australia, I was a kid, anyway. I always used Jenga to like build stuff for like my little, you know, action figures to like little walls and things. I hope they were canon. I hope they were screen. You know, you had the maps out. Yeah. I don't know about that. I think I just built stuff. I, but one yeah. of my, sorry, one of my, the best jobs I ever got easily was I once hosted a university's Jenga grand final. <laughs> and um, paid pretty well for what it was, which was wow. something, which was something that I would have gone to anyway, had I known it was on. <laughs> like if they just said, "Hey, we're going to have this Jenga grand final. We'll give you all the beer you can drink and a microphone," I'd be like, "See you there." Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. That was the best, <laughs> but it was it was it was so fun because I was in love with watching it, and they were all so drunk. And How I, long and, did the games last? And I really like, fit it in. Well, it was that big Jenga, the maxi Jenga. Oh, the one that could actually hurt you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I should um, preface, like, all the Jenga use I see with the age group I specified before, it's maxi Jenga. Not, like, regular Jenga. It's all the giant blocks. 
like the two by four sort of size. Maxi Jenniger. Wow. Anyways, let's um, get into a bit of this, uh, some replies from last episode. Sizzle Dizzle says, I fully expected this to be my least favorite Robbo report yet. (laughs) (laughs) What does that mean? I don't know. I thought Sizzle Dizzle, like, I guess I didn't, I shouldn't have assumed that he or she liked my stuff, but I felt like this person was paying attention to it because I'd hear this person writes into like other shows sometimes and will occasionally like mention me as if the people on that show know who I am, which is funny in a lot of ways. But <laughs> I was like, Wait. well, Sizzle Dizzle must be a fan. I shouldn't have assumed that. I, I, I least favorite one yet sounds like like there's a tally. Like, yeah, of, like, which ones are the least favorites? I would love you, Sizzle Dizzle, to um, comment on this episode and let us know, like, like what's your most favorite? Like, how much do you like them? Like, do they all suck? Or, like, is your least favorite still pretty good? You know, like, like your least favorite Star Wars film, for me anyway. Still watching it. Still having a good time. Uh... I mean, I wouldn't be offended if they if if this person did not like most of the shows and but they kind of hate listen to it. So maybe that's a, in a way kind of a compliment in its own. It's like, oh, this is my least favorite one yet because that's the whole point. Oh, maybe he was like, oh, was it, you know, oh, this is going to be my least favorite one yet. Like, and he was like salivating yeah. over it. It's like bad is good, you know, having a hate gasm. Yeah. He continues. After snapping my safety belt for it, Robo took us on an absolute roller coaster that I imagine is only comparable to the glory that is Rise of the Resistance. Thank you for sharing, Robo. Now I need a Wookiee hug. <laughs> uh, we've got this one from Hawes Burkhardt. This episode is excellent. Maybe my favorite Robo report yet. Robo, you're a good dad, and I fully endorse your use of the special wheelchair powers. Wow. Controversial. Wow. Yeah, I I, uh, I do feel still kind of not sure whether I should have mentioned that because it does not – I can see how some people would be like, wait, that's not right. <laughs> like you can't well, – you know, but we'll, – we'll, we'll let the listener judge and then yeah, that's, ignore their judgment. Um, but you are a very good father. I sound like a good father is what you mean. Nobody has actually witnessed my parenting. So keep that in mind. Like I, I don't like to me, I think that there's a thing where it would be the worst thing I could ever hear that I was a bad father. It would really hurt my feelings and make me like not want to, you know, share stuff about my life. So I think with that in mind, like I, I'm sure on some subconscious level, although I'm always kind of making fun of my like kind of so-so fathering techniques that I, I, some part of me wants me to come off as good. Cause I, all I want to hear is somebody say, you're a good dad. Cause, uh, you don't, that's not something kids usually say. And if they do, you, you, you know, it's probably cause they want something. So it's, uh, Okay, that's the cynicism Robo's son has to uh, look. Okay, you think this isn't true, but it it will be. I'm telling you, a matter of months, not years, before you learn this firsthand. But here's like when my son was about like a year and a half old, 
he was just one day walking around the house. He had the, you know, those like plastic, like kitty golf clubs that you, you know, they could play golf indoors. These giant, like hollow plastic golf clubs. Have you seen those? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. So he's got two of those. And of course he's not playing golf. He's like clicking them together. Like just bang, 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 bang. I'm like, who are you fighting, buddy? And he goes, everybody. And I said, but not me. Right. He's like, no, not you. You're okay. Oh. And I said, oh, thanks, buddy. And then he says, give me chocolate. <laughs> Next words out of his mouth. Year and a half year. You know, it's like, that's. Well, thanks for making me want to eat chocolate now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> give me chocolate. Hmm. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think you can. You can't fake the thought you put into your parenting decisions, Robo. There is thought that goes into it. Like everything else I do, there's nothing if not thought behind it. Whether this is constructive thought remains to be seen. Um, but yeah, that is true. I overthink everything, including that, which, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear it. I just, I do want to point out that I'm probably as good a parent as most people who listen to the show and our parents. Or pet owners. <laughs> what, what, what about the co-host the show? Yeah, like I, as far as I know, I, I would assume that you are a good parent. Like hey, you sound like it. It's, as, it's as as far as you know, and let's leave it there. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I would say, like at this stage, it's easier to tell whether you're being like a a thoughtful and conscientious husband and co-parent, right? And that I, I think is definitely true based on the amount of um, times you're late for this show. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I, 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 I saw him swing for that one. I was just like, I think he's gonna. Hang, we'll go a little. Curveball. I was about to say the, like the, what I actually was gonna. Then I realized, oh wait, no, there's a chance to say something mean here. I could. Um, hmm. Yeah, no, I think that like the the the, the fact that you think about uh, what. Jackie might need in this moment, even though it you never say necessarily that, oh, she told me she wants me to do this. I've heard on more than one occasion, not necessarily while we're recording, be like, oh, she's going to be coming home at about this time. I want to make sure there's this, that. That's thoughtfulness. Um, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, but she told me not to mention that I. she tells me to do all that stuff. And you didn't. See? Until now. <sighs> yes. Uh, Ron Forchette says, Robo knows how to tell a riveting story. This was better than most movies. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Rick Villanueva. I always struggle with that one. And he did message me once to say, you, you, I can quit saying his surname. But um, <laughs> that's, I, that's why I feel like I don't even know your surname. So I can't mispronounce it. Yeah. Isn't that weird that I don't know your surname? Not to me. I could probably look it up. It's probably somewhere. It probably is somewhere. Okay. Interesting. I've, I've tried to look him up in the, the phone directory. Robbo. No listings. Very secretive. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there. do they still have, like, I guess phone books. I, I, I was watching Terminator. The original Terminator was on the other day in Australia. Dun, 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 dun. So good. Mm-hmm. And um, phone books play a crucial role in the plot of um, 
Terminator. That's right. They do. It's it quite a flashback. When I, when I was a kid, I didn't see Terminator when I was a kid because I shouldn't be seeing Terminator when I was a kid. But um, I, every time in a movie, I'd see somebody go into a phone booth, look up something in the in the phone book, and then tear the page out as they go. I always thought like, oh, that is so cool and rebellious. Like it didn't really occur to me like, oh, phone books are like at that time you would get a new one like every couple of, you know. But I mean, I, I remember like there was something that was like, that's not very considerate to all the other people who might need to be looking at those particular pages. But it's cool that that person doesn't care because they're an anti-hero who makes their own rules. Yeah, well, you're not going to tell a, a T-600 that or T-800. It's like to of- me for some reason because that was something I could fathom myself doing. It was more like exciting than seeing someone get punched through a plate glass window because that's something I was never going to do and had no intention of doing. But like tearing pages out of a phone book because I needed them, that's it's making your own rules. It's playing your own game, Steel. <laughs> and it just sort of shocked me. I don't know why. But I was like, wow, everyone's phone numbers was just in a book and it was everywhere. Yeah, it, by default. Like you'd have to actually write to somebody and ask them not to put you in the phone book. And you'd have to do that for every phone company. You know, it's just all our numbers just there. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, now like like, like with Google, you can find people's pictures if you know their complete name pretty easily. So it must, it must've really cut down on the prank call industry. That industry is hurting steel now more than ever. (laughs) I hope they get the relief they need. I reckon they, it might see an increase in the coming weeks. <laughs> there might be some kids with needing something to do. How it'd be? Oh, you could hide your number, but people don't often answer those phones. Hmm. No one prank my Skype, you guys. Please don't. Um. Oh, yeah, but Rick wants to know: Steel, are you going to score the chapters of Robbo's story? Which is a a very good reference, Robbo. Yeah. I feel like you kind of did that live. <laughs> like you could tell like how off topic your next comment was. That was how interested you were. Well, the weather in LA, it's been quite rainy unexpectedly. A uh, modest but uh, heartfelt chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe didn't come pick up on Skype, but it, it was there. Okay, great. Great. Um, I don't think I could, I don't, yeah, it, it would be, it'd be weird for me to go back and listen to, to be honest. I don't I'll, think I could go all the way through because it I'll, is very long. <laughs> um, no, not for that. It's just too much emotion. I can't, you know, it's, it's like, it was like binge watching a, a season of This Is Us. High emotion, I'd imagine. I've never seen an episode of that show. But I know people get upset after watching it. Yeah, everything I've heard about it makes me feel like I don't want to watch this because I don't need to feel things. Oh, like well, it's probably better if I don't. Well, the, the, my rule is if you're going to be miserable, like do it in the future, the past, in space, or around a lot of money for me to watch it on television. I don't want to see like dudes that might live up the street having a bad time. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, definitely. Superpowers. You, you can, if, if you're having a bad week, but you've got superpowers, I'll watch that. But to answer Rick's question, I will not be scoring 
the chapters of Robbo's story. I will, however, be scoring the third part of my scoring The Rise of Skywalker podcast trilogy, Robbo. See how I... You're going to be scoring the scorings? No, 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 no. I just got to do the third one. I haven't done the last act. But I'm going to do that this week, I guess. Plenty of time. And I'll actually be able to do it in... um, I'll be able to get the actual Blu-ray chapters. Oh, that's right, yeah. So it'll be canon canon chapters. I got to say, Steele, like every now and then somebody stumbles across a podcast concept, a gimmick, if you will. And I think that is a fine... That is a gimmick. You know what I mean? And uh, that's... I would say you definitely did that. That's a great idea. I cannot believe it didn't occur to somebody else first. Well, here's where they all start. Great ideas. I mean, there could be like people who like rank Star Wars movies like minute by minute. Now that would be something. But uh, chapter by chapter is 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 a good a good thing to do on your own. I think. Well, Star Wars minute does do it by minute, but they don't they don't score it. They just. That's true, right? Yeah, that, that's true. That's an important and meaningful distinction. So, uh, and yeah. I have, I, I did message them about the concept, and they did not think it was gimmick infringement, which is wrestling reference number two of the show. That's what they call it. That doesn't sound very colorful. Gimmick infringement. Yeah, they they say that they don't have like some weird like old timey nineteen thirties carnival way of. Saying it. Well, no. Well, uh, you know, each wrestler's got a gimmick. That's the, that's the wrestling carny for um, their character. That's a good. Yeah, gimmick. Yeah, I, I get that. But infr- gimmick infringement sounds oddly legalistic. That's why it's sort of funny. You, you're biting someone's. You got the same colored trunks. Yeah, biting. See, that would be the that would be the argot of uh, of rappers. A rapper will complain about a competing rapper biting uh, so-and-so's style. Oh, that is some of the widest sentences in podcast yes. history. Uh, I, I aim to please. But uh, yeah, so we'll be doing that uh, pretty soon, but I won't do Robert. It's, it's, it's got to be a five all the way through, Rick. You know? Even when it seemed like there was a lull in the episode, it was just, it was just building tension. The creaking door. The yeah, shadow of really, the knife. Yeah, each one builds upon the moment before it and also assumes you listen to the moments before it. So, you know, you can't can't rank them in isolation. Kyle Delaney says, thanks for this episode. The family and I will be at Galaxy's Edge next Wednesday, so I appreciate all the tips to get on the Rise of the Resistance ride. So I, I hope all that went well, Kyle. That was a, yeah. a couple of weeks back. So. I guess, yeah, it was, that would have been... Before they closed down Disney World. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope the tips, <laughs> I hope the tips did not lead you astray. Tip number one, go when it's open. That's key. Yeah. You get there when it's not open, you will be, you're in for a world of disappointment. That's, that's a new, that's a new tip that we need. Yes. You don't want to make the Griswold mistake. No. Oh, I was, I'm impressed that that reference hit so well. Uh, Rowan Strang says, I'm still waiting for the bit where Robbo pulls a gun on Bob Iger. Another Oof. another vacation reference. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is too. I didn't even realize. This isn't just a vacation. 
It's a quest. It's a quest <laughs> for fun. We're going to be whistling zippity doodah out of our, you know, so on. Uh, Patrick Boyle says, thanks to the pod guys. And Robbo, you're an amazing dad dude, which we've, we've discussed. See, there's more validation there. And also chimes in with, uh, like, you know, like, while you're patting Robbo on the back for his amazing episode, there's no need to insult Steel. Do you know what I mean? That, that's a fire emoji and a uh, devil horns emoji. Patrick says, one of the best Steel podcasts, let alone Robbo Report. Come <laughs> on. Hey, Mendel- look, Mendelssohn came round. That's a big deal. But he said one of the best. Like, you can still be in the top five, and there might be four that are, like, just way above. But you're, but if I'm number five, you, you would say, oh, that's top five. I used to get into arguments about this, where if you say something is, oh, you, you definitely one of the top ten meh, I've ever seen. It's like, does that mean it's number ten? No, it means it's, like, in between five and ten, right? Jeez. But some people feel like if you just say it's like whatever number it is, it's top this, and that's what you mean. But to me, that that's a specificity that I don't want to commit to. Oh, damn! Uh, Thomas Sutton says, "What an episode! Almost three hours of edgeric seat excitement." Uh, Matthew Frost, Frosty. As a dad who has had a family holiday that deteriorated into a similar fast full of sickness, disaster, and disappointment that lasted for a week, I feel like I now share a deep bond with Robbo. Excellent stuff. Brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Catherine Neen says, Australian reference here, the story needs to be told to Hamish and Andy for true stories. Can you explain that? I can. I've never seen... The show Drunk History, but I feel like this show is Drunk History without the drunk. So Hamish and Andy are two very famous, uh, originally radio hosts that do TV, and Andy Lee has, has was on my other podcast a few times of the Hamish and Andy duo. That like, um, is it Kevin and Bean? But they're bigger. They're na- they're just they're huge. I'm sure. I'm trying to think of like any family would know who they are. So you would say maybe they're a national institution. Pretty close. Pretty close. But what they do is they um, they interview someone who's got an interesting story. And quite often, they're just everyday Australians with an amazing story. And then that story's acted out by great Australian actors and comedians. <laughs> so I, I feel like that's drunk history... Remixed? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Except it's like the joke is that it's like an ordinary person's story instead of like a another comedian who's who's drunk. Yeah, but they riff off it. So when they tell them stuff, and then, um, but the stories are all like exceptional stories that they've found. Like it's not, they're not just and asking any old rando. No. For what he had for dinner three weeks ago. 
Uh, Maria uh, says one for the record books. Thanks, Maria, um, who I know gave gave a shout out for her mention on the last uh, Star Wars You by podcast. Shout out noted, Maria. Uh, Morgan Rimmer says, Steel, Robbo, glad I got to mention, this podcast has a legendary status. I have a holiday booked for my 12-year-old son and I go to Celebration at Disneyland in August. It may now not happen because of COVID-19, so I am tearing up a bit. The thought of missing out on having that experience together while my son was at the right age. My son was listening too, and in a beautiful moment, he said to me, Oh, God. Don't worry, Dad. I'll always be a Star Wars nerd. Oh, should have screened these comments before I read them yeah. out. Now ah. give me chocolate. <laughs> Very good. Call back. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, wow, this guy sounds like a good dad until I heard my son was listening too. And I'm like, why are you exposing your son to Robbo? Like, that's not. You expose your son to Robbo. Glass I can't help it. I, I, by definition, I must. But <laughs> if I don't, I'm an absentee father. But like, I can't. I can't stress this enough. Uh, don't, don't, don't walk my way, kids. Don't, don't walk my way. That be, don't be like me. Be that, better than me. That, that, that is something I tell my son. That great, he'll often that, say, that, like, that you gra- tell me not to do this, but you do this all the time. I'm like, don't be like me. Be better than me. <laughs> like it's that great uh, Johnny Cash B side. Don't walk this way. Yeah, indeed. All right, hey, we've um. Killed the pre- a half an hour. Yeah, the preamble's been uh, all time, but why not? Let's hit up um, The Mandalorian, Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Are you queued up, Robbo? I am queued up. Is the listener queued up? Okay, so this is what you've got to do. Open your uh, Disney Plus player of choice. I uh, prefer the uh, maximum screen television myself, but I'm not here to judge. No. We, we, we actually, due to the nature of the podcast, I'm doing it off the biggest computer screen I have in the house. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sounds impressive, but it's not as impressive as it sounds. Anyways, so... Uh, Hit up Chapter 4, Sanctuary, click on that, start it playing, then press pause. Then, with your cursor or your rewind button, go back to double-o-double-o-double-o. Do you have to grab the little uh, virtual knob to do that? On my computer screen, I do. Yeah, so grab that knob. But then, if you're just watching on your television, just rewind to the start. Right. And then have it on pause. Or have it on pause and rewind. And uh, make sure it's all zeros or you will be every 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 hilarious thing we say will be just like a few seconds too late. 
And I mean, how could you live with that? How could you? All right. I, um, this... so I've been, I'm giving some thoughts. I know we've okay. had some, some issues still with knowing when to start, you know, when to press play, when do we do it with a countdown? So like, maybe you just need like, like a code word. No. So we'll agree that there's a code word. And then say like, wh- when I say like flute whistle, that means press play. Uh-uh. Zero buys. Um, we'll be doing the one, two, three play. Okay. All right. So, Fine. I mean, so, so, so again, this is just a test. I have to clarify this. This is a test. We're, we're entering a test zone. It'll be one, two, three, play. Hit play when I say play. Okay. So it's literally one, two, three, play. All right. So I'm seeing the logo. No, you don't mean to um, st- Oh, sorry. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Are okay. you serious? I, I, I heard play like five times in a row. It's I think we, it's just like force of habit. We were in the test period. Okay. okay. It, tell me when the test period is over, Steele. All right. Now, don't press play, but we are exiting the test period now. Okay. So, The Mandalorian, episode four, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. So, Robbo, we are out of safety. The safety lock is off. Are you there? Yes, I'm waiting for the countdown, Steel. Oh, you got to confirm. You got to go. Yes, Steel. Yes, Steel. Thank you. One, two, three, play. Disney logo original. Previously. Do not skip recap. Oh, I almost did. Reflexively. Oh, such a large bounty. Such Near a miss. My there's there's the baby. There's the Cam Tono, the ice cream maker. Oh, that's an excellent reference. Yeah. The Cam Tono. I didn't even know that was called. Yeah, I explained it last uh, last time we did one of these. Oh, really? Yep. I explained where the name came from and everything. It's a reference to like a viral video from a few years ago. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> Love that fine fro. Step aside. I'm going to my ship. You put the bounty down, and perhaps I'll let you pass. It's so good to catch up with grief, Cargo. It is. He he is a balm to my soul in these troubled times. He is the best. I actually saw a um like a pack of uh, like the Hot Toys is doing a Mandalorian, and it came with a little um hologram and I thought it was going to be a little hologram of Grief Karga the greatest hologram in Star Wars history but um it was a hologram of the Mandalorian armor which do we even see a hologram of the Mandalorian armor? I don't believe we do Steel okay but we do see this Disney Plus Star Wars logo yes that's what you're seeing right now if you press play at the appropriate time well not now you're seeing you know in water I hope a little space lice Little, little, little shrimpies. Oh, that is a good opening shot. It is really good. I like that. I love how there's like steam like pouring off of the shrimp pools. I didn't even think they they might be warm. The I R- just noticed that droid too on the right side of the screen a second ago. The R two D two Pelican. Yeah. So good, so good. But this is a, we're getting the the tranquil village life of these planeters. Lots of um, 
do you find it odd that they all wear like the same color clothing? Well, it is very Star Trek. I mean, it is. It's, but they're not on the same ship. They're in the same village. Like I, I don't wear the same things as everybody in Northern New Jersey. I, I feel like maybe it could be because they they want to dress within the colors of the natural environment. So yeah, they can, that, that, so, yeah. So they can hide from predators like is about to hit. Oh, phaser. They're really good at bad at escaping without bumping into each other. I've noticed. Yeah, well, they, well, it makes sense though because there's like between the shrimp patties, there's like very narrow lanes, right? So you can't you can't really walk. Uh, it's all single file movement there. Well, they're, they're all running like people drive in LA, which is in the middle of the street. <laughs> so we've got these marauders, which are very battle for Endor. Yeah, you can barely tell what they are. I always... I love, I love this shot. The I've, shots where they have the, the people hiding under the basket. Yeah. Really good. Oh, my God. I, like, why does he hurt the droid? Like, what is the droid I, doing? The droid's I, just being like, I'm worried. These I, guys are scary. I don't recall Shut that. Up. One of the marauders just knifed a R4-D5 or something in the back of a head. Yeah, for no reason. I always, when I watch shows like this, someone's getting chased, would like to think I could find a good hiding spot. But these guys yeah. have, um... I would have gone lower into the water just quietly. I don't want to backseat hide, but here uh, we you are. Gotta, you gotta support a kid. I think they, they were smart. This is good hiding. That's some nice hiding there. Well, the results are on the page. And, yeah, uh, that's right. The proof it, is in the pudding. I, I'd also wait more than one second for the Marauders to be out of shot. Yeah, people in this episode have trouble understanding, like, time and distances. <laughs> I will... That's that's a theme in this episode. It oh, really? Go, uh, yeah, I'll get to it later. But I bet we will. Yeah. Um, I don't think it, it... It's not, like, a super consequential thing, but the episode does seem like it's cut a little bit too close. It's very uh, Rise of Skywalker-esque in that sense, where the editing is done so... Oh, this is so great. You find I out you find out one of the marauders is uh, Baby Yoda, Yoju, if you will, son or father. Is that, is that the Rise of Skywalker reference? <laughs> no, the, it's editing oh. problems. Um, this is this is great. Everybody oh, loves this, the right? ears. Just like he's watching. <laughs> no. All right. All right. The world needs a bit of Yoju right now. It does. What the world needs now. They should bring out, like, you know, people want the holiday special, them to redo it. They should just bring out the Yoju holiday special. It's just Yoju, like, hosting, like, a, a variety show. The fact that they haven't is, it's a lack of, it indicates a lack of imagination. Imagineering. I do want to point out that I think Star Wars might be the only thing, whether you count Star Trek or Marvel or whatever, that is going to have an entire scene where it's about like a baby alien puppet and uh, touching a control console and then he's being scolded by a man who has never taken off his space helmet <laughs> it is it's, it's hard to impress upon people how weird the show is because it is so popular <laughs> you know what I mean like if you think about it only Star Wars can get away with that and we didn't know that until the show came out well it's like when, um, I think it's the last episode we did, or maybe the one, I think it's episode two maybe, when they're on the Jawa Sandcrawler, and it's Boba Fett on the Jawa Sandcrawler 
with Yoda. It's just like a, a, Star, yeah. a Star Wars fever dream. There's not even a single human face that appears in that episode. I remember we talked about that. I just want to point out that uh, one of the props, uh, maybe start a new mini feature, Robbo's prop watch, um, is a, a computer gaming joystick that has been spray painted to look a little bit more weathered. Oh, where's but that? It is, it is, it's, uh, Yoju touches it for a second. He, you know, like it wobbles with like the exact uh, kind of like snapback that a, a proper computer joystick would would do. Oh, I know the sort of joystick you mean. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's got like this weird. They're much better than the joysticks we had when I was a kid. But I've got one of these. Um, oh, it looks so good the way he walks. It, but as a as a father, a, a very um, slow way to walk. I love the way the guy with the with the kebab is just holding up the kebab like, see, you thought I couldn't do a kebab, but I did a kebab. Look at this. Space kebab, bro. Up. Space yeah. kebab, bro. Check out this space kebab. Like, how does the Mandalorian walk slow enough for Yoju? It's, it's, it's a... He's that cool. It's like how mm-hmm. they only film R2 for like a few meters because you'll fall over or run into something. Oh, Lothcat. Very good. Excellent reference. Uh, I got to say, my wife loved the Lothcat at Galaxy's Edge. Loved it. Oh, so didn't know good. what it was. Just thought it was cool. So whoever designed the Lothcat, good on you. He, the the storekeeper gave me the spiel how he found him out. You know, in in the woods. <laughs> he's, he's he's raising him back to health. I don't know, maybe they've cut yeah. budget on story now. But what, um, what, I, I've been I've been monitoring this animal for hours. It doesn't seem to wake up. What's wrong? Did you drug it? No, no. It's all perfectly above board. <laughs> So uh, I, I I think that like okay patrons out there, if you want some really special content, what you could do, donate some extra money to the Patreon, and but make sure you requisition it. Say this is going to the uh, the Robo Batu field trip, and we're going to get like a hidden mic, like like I'm going undercover, like in, it's like it's like uh, Donnie Brasco up in here. And I'm just going to go and start interviewing people who work there, or I'm sorry, live there at that planet. I think it would be actually really great content. But only if you're willing to shell out the bucks to make it happen. All righty. And um, I love the flicking of the coin and just like watch yep. the kid. That's some. That's what cool people do. Han Solo taught us that. It is. It's not good. Parenting. <laughs> not good parenting. I love this. Uh, the thermal imaging lens that uh, is really good at spotting footprints. I think it's fine. It's it, like they're filling yeah. in the. Like they're giving you a Star Wars reason why he's he can follow her, and it's predator. It makes more sense than him. But I I still think that like if he just followed footprints, he would be okay with it. No, Cardoon's Cardoon's uh, introduction. So who is she in real life? Gina Carano, and she was um, a, a, not a UFC fighter, a mixed martial arts fighter, but she was not. So she's in. She's it's like the UFC, but not UFC branded. And um, in her type of UFC or mixed martial arts, you're not allowed to use flame fries, unlike here. Oh, which is lame. I could take her. Then. W- 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 this fight sequence is exceptionally good with the flamethrower and then the I standoff. And yeah, the, I gotta say this the tea this, drink. this version of standoff plus the tea drink, but even tea drink notwithstanding, right? This version of the standoff is actually pretty unique. I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie where the each person is like one's on their back, one's on their belly. That's pretty cool. 
And we can give, I think, Bryce Dallas Howard the, the props for that because she doesn't get enough props. There's some really good shots in this episode. I, I really like Gina Carano's character here. I love Cara Dune. Just instantly, just endearing. And, 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 and sorry, she's got the. Um, I'm not. I've never seen her in another type of like acting role. I I don't feel like she's a good actress, but she's a perfect Star Wars actress. I, I think she's good enough for sure. Like I think that like she's. I feel like uh, you see the. I'm, no, this is not a criticism of uh, Grief Karga or oh. Carl Weathers' performance, but I feel like Carl Weathers seems a lot more like you know early '90s CD-ROM game performance than she does. Oh yeah, but I was saying she was Star Warsy. He's CD-ROMy, and they're both yeah. great. They're two of they're my favorites. Yeah. This is interesting because when they go into town to find somebody Seven Samurai style, they're not wearing the teal fatigues, right? So ah. that must – if I were writing the source book for this episode, and God willing, someday I will be, I would make a point of that where it's like, see, now they're wearing it, right? But earlier, you can't see the weird shiny teal stuff. So I, I would say that they are – maybe you can, but the, the light is really weird in that scene. But it, to me, they look different in that one. They look just brown. So, so I would say that there's some kind of religious significance to being a part of that village and that people will dress a certain way because that is the appropriate attire uh, for for their faith. You don't have to explain what it is, but it just explains why they're there. But when they go into town, they don't dress like that because they don't want people to be suspicious of them. Their special prawn fishing religious attire. It could be like a commune, like a hippie commune, right? You know, like they, they, they're distrusted by the, the locals because they all move there, right? It's like that documentary you told me to watch and I oh, did. So good. Uh, so, yeah, we've got the two villagers talking to the Mando. He doesn't want anything to do with their crusade against the uh, Marauders until. He finds out they live in a farm a long way away. Well, that changes everything. He's got lodging. Have they got Airbnb? Yes. Five star. See, you got like a dome-shaped basket house I can live in for a couple of weeks. I feel yeah, like, we do. As a matter yeah, of I feel like a lot of these um, Mandalorian stories, plot-wise, are pretty tight. Like, yeah, they have like good reasoning why like things link together. Ready for round two. I like that. He throws something at her just to get her attention, right? So we're basically running off the Cause he, but he knows that she's going to, like, he's testing her, right? Are you really legit? Are you as good? And I love when, around the lantern, right? You see the little uh, bugs floating around, mm-hmm. right? That isn't going to happen naturally because this is probably done on a set. You can tell from the shot because they're on a thing, right? So somebody had to say that, no, you should make the lantern swaying with the movement of the thing, and you should have little bugs floating around it. That is uh, direction. That's what directors do. So you're making it clear you don't think they're practical bugs. They're definitely not. But I'm just saying, like, that is something that a a good director does that um, would not occur to your average uh, Totally agree, but very important here. We've got um, bored Yoda kid in the background of this episode. (laughs) 
Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Oh, he doesn't even care. <laughs> You've He's got this over little, like, green baby wizard. And this guy with his little bandana on is just looking off into the uh, distance. To be fair, for all they know, he's just a cute green baby. Still. You know, I feel like this episode deserves reevaluation. It is done a little bit too fast. It is basically a Seven Samurai ripoff. Um, but Seven Samurai ripoffs are like a tradition of Western cinema at this point. Like it just it's something that is done. And uh, it's been done for a long time. No, and this one did, did, I like better than, say, Magnificent Seven or... Did Seven uh, Samurai rip off that Simpsons episode? Bart the General? Yeah. Okay, good. No, no, no. Bart the General ripped off Seven Samurai. Uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know. Simpsons uh, is like 30 years old, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The Seven Samurai is in like 1954, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. You've seen it, right, Steel? You wouldn't be talking about it if you hadn't seen it. I wouldn't. I can't remember it, but... Yeah, it's it's great. Everybody like if your kids, uh, if you got a kid especially who's like you know ten or older, they'll like it. Kids you actually have are the best things to show to things to. Yeah, don't show it to don't just abduct random children to show them the movie. Mm. Although I, in my you know in the court of Robbo, you'd be you doing them a favor. Them. Mm. Yeah, but um, don't you know don't bring that upon yourself. But yeah, I love this when you get a, a wide shot of the thing and you see the way their their ponds are dug out. They're like sp- um, space puddles. Yeah, and that's a sign also, by the way, that the people who, who staged this episode had seen more than one samurai movie <laughs> because uh, there are some famous uh, scenes in movies like that where a lone warrior will even the odds when they're attacked by a large group by walking out into rice paddies because they force their attackers to come from s- specific directions because there's only a few lanes of that you can walk in without getting your feet stuck in the mud and that's a, a huge advantage if you're fighting if you're outnumbered um the most famous one i believe is uh, the movie samurai two or samurai one with uh, toshiro mifune who's also in seven samurai um i love watching him lift baby yoda is so cute look at the little guy look at him he's just happy to be there he's thrilled i think we're this about whole- to- I think we're about yeah. to hit one of the weirdest scenes. This is like the the one questionable scene out of the episode, I feel like. I think it's coming up. Why he's polishing that thingy? Yeah, from the holiday the tuning special. Fork on his, uh, yeah, the tuning fork on his, on his weapon. Are you happy to see me or are you just tuning your fork? A little bit of both. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the Mandalorian. You ever done it with a dude who keeps his helmet on? <laughs> Like this, this is a great example, though, of of, of showing that the the um, this was a uh, this is unlike most episodes. There's only two episodes that weren't written by John Favreau, right? Uh, the yeah. one by my uh, preferred Rick, my Rick of choice, was written by that Rick, and the worst episode was written by uh, the other guy. No, that's the best episode, episode five. With, okay, with Toro. Reasonable minds can can disagree but this is a great observation because it's it is taking that it's showing you that you understand it's showing the audience that at least the 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 film nerd audience that you understand the material you're cribbing from because it's taking something that is is very subtle in those movies but making sure that you okay here's here's probably the part you're going to talk about right he takes off his mask when everybody could obviously see him (laughs) 
then eats his like you know focaccia bread. His Savoy's. Yeah, it is very. I, I'll never. That is such a weird one. It, it is interesting though because this is the first episode where we learn really what it means that he does not take off his helmet. Um. It's, it feels like that, that shot should have been done from the opposite angle so you could see he was in shadow. Yeah, all you have to do is just is just uh, shorten the focus a little bit, right? So it's like if the audience can't see his face, then the kids can't see his face, even though in reality they obviously could. But was it even Pedro Pascal putting the helmet down? It doesn't matter. Oh, it's if, if, you wanted, if you wanted footprints this, this is, episode, Robbo, you've got This is so him. great. Because in any other uh, kind of movie, if this was Star Trek, if this was whatever, Lord of the Rings, they wouldn't say, oh, it's like a chicken walker. They wouldn't look at a giant footprint and say that it's a mechanical thing. Bad news. Uh, you can't In Star Wars, anymore. they can say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so good. One of, the, one of the great lines. It's funny because uh, Cara Dune looks like she knows that that's funny. Like, she gets it. Like. Oh man, <laughs> this guy! And she's there to she's there to. She is so. What I also love about her is that she does not look like a lot of times when you see like, oh, it's the badass woman, and she's like as badass as everybody else. But she's a woman. And it's like she doesn't look like somebody who could actually kick your ass, right? But this this person does for sure. I wouldn't fight Cardoon. I wouldn't fight anybody really. I'm, I'm a I'm a lover, not a fighter, Steel. But if I had to pick, she would be one of my last choices. She's down. Look at those arms. We're not leaving. I like that she. I like that uh, that the Mando's main squeeze here, his his would be girlfriend, is like speaks for the entire village. They don't confer with each other. She's like, no, we're not leaving. She Again, knows, like, she knows the will of the people. I, I like that. I like that because it's it's again, it probably means nothing other than plot convenience. But to me. OK, go, go ahead. I, I just love this scene of um, Herman and Grandpa Simpson teaching the uh, the local Springfield kids how to throw a water balloon. This is one of my favorite things that I don't think I've ever seen Star Wars do before this episode. Which is just take the logistics of Star Wars as we understand them, which is there's this giant tank that walks on two weird chicken legs. How do we stop it? And it just thinks about it logically. And it's like, oh, here's how you stop it. You like you dig a pit, fill it with water. No matter what it is, if it falls into that pit, it cannot move. Do you know the sweet fan service reference that I'm, I'm glad they avoided? What? That Cara Dune didn't say, those little bears stopped them on Endor, we can stop them here. I do want to give a shout out, um, though. I just finished the uh, Rise of Skywalker novelization, which, to my disappointment, this is right out of Seven Samurai, by the way. They do exactly this scene. Yeah, right yeah, out of the exactly. Simpsons episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Herman, Herman runs up, grabs a stick, and he, he shows them how to stab it properly. That's exactly what Herman did. This is a direct ripoff. Yeah. Art the General, Disney Plus. Right. So, um, yeah, Disney owns it all. It doesn't matter. Um, so the, what was I, I forget what I was saying. What, what was I saying, Steel? You don't remember either, do you? Um, 
Something about Bart the General? No, that was what you were saying, Steel. Oh, okay. Confusing me with you again. Stop doing that. Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I love I love the idea of like, um, oh, no, no, I remember what it was. Uh, I just finished the Rise of Skywalker novelization gotcha. where, um, you know, to my uh, chagrin, did not really explain the parts of the story that I thought were inexplicable because turns out they're inexplicable. But uh, Ray Carson did a fantastic little coda to the end with Wicket watching uh, one of the Star Destroyers get blown up for no reason. Uh. And it is not the kind of callback you think it's going to be because it's a logical callback. Right. Excellent. And he points out, so his little son is watching, or kid, or daughter, or somebody is watching, and Wicket says, see that? That was him. And the kid's like, who, who? Was it? It was It was the god? That's right. It was the golden god 3PO. Oh. It is 100% perfect. It doesn't need to be there, but Ray Carson made sure it was there. That's brilliant. This is a part of the Seven Samurai pastiche that almost always gets removed from um, retellings of that story. Where the Spab Tub fight? Well, yeah, but where they go to the villain's hideout before uh, they attack the village again. Uh-huh. And in in the Seven Samurai, what they're doing is they're going there to get to get an idea of how their their real job is to count how many bandits there are. Because they need to know whether, you know, when they're attacking, they need to know whether they've killed enough to be safe. Ah, okay. And so in this show, they don't quite go that route. What they're doing is they're trying to weaken them before they do their attack. And it's pretty cool. Although I do find it very amusing how the bomb they plant on things beeps. And so it's like, how is this a surprise to anyone? It's beeping and flashing. But... uh, it's really cool. They go there and it, and it it's shows good, it's like good dramatic tension. Yeah, and it also shows like, oh, the guys, the the bandits aren't just showing up to steal money or something, right? They're stealing giant vats of dry ice that we assume contains <laughs> uh, shrimp that they're making something out of, and that's cool because it makes sense within what the story set up. I, I think they're making alcohol. I don't yeah. know how I know that. Well, they say they ferment something about their, their, their the fermentation casks or something like that. And that's great that the, the thing is just beeping nonstop and all the... Uh... Oh, this is so cool! Oh. I love this. Oh, mate, red eye. Yeah. It, no, this is the first time in a Star Wars uh, live-action thing that a chicken walker has been portrayed as something scary that you must run from. Hey, Return of the Jedi, buddy. Those Ewoks. They don't run from it. They kill it, Steel. They run from it at the start, though. They make it trip over logs, and then they smash it between two logs. But this, it makes it look really scary, right? Oh, and I like red this. eyes are terrific. This is a problem. This is what I'm talking about, about the time foreshortening thing, right? Where it appears that because the Mando and Cara Dune can run from this thing in a couple seconds... It appears that the bandits were like ah, ten yeah. feet away. <laughs> it's like the bandits' hideout was like you know. There should have been a speeder involved. Yeah, like or, or something like they just ran from this thing, and that means like either they were really far away, and the Mando can run for like five miles nonstop in that armor, or they're really super close, and this wasn't a big challenge. It's like they're as far away as 
um, the First Order and the Resistance are at Batu At every single given point, yeah, in the movies. Oh, this is so cool. They got to get it to that. Oh, no, it won't step oh. in it. It doesn't fall for it. And it uses the fact that it looks like a giant head, right? It's like it, they, there's no way the people inside that thing could see what was in front of them. But because it is not really a vehicle in Star Wars, it's like a dragon. Yeah, but I feel like and the so, foot would have some sort of sensor. And that's in, in, the, in the technical journal you're going to write. You're going to have to add that. It could, but it would tell them like, like several like you know meters before they got to the edge oh, of the thing. It wouldn't be on. like it's just. But no, I I like that because you want it to be personal. You want it. It's not a tank. It's a dragon. To these people, it's a dragon. No, the and, scan the scanner's on the foot of the uh, walker. That's why. You know what that weird little toenail thing that sticks out in front of the walker's foot is? Sonar. Nope. It's a it's a fence cutter. Are you serious? Yeah, that's totally, sick. Totally legit. I think that's that's the, the model builders intended it that way. Ah. It, it might have been based on like World War One machinery. I I'm gonna reevaluate this episode. It does go way too fast, but it's my son's favorite episode of the Mando, and I really oh, get it. The disintegrator gun. I feel like I doing feel like amazing people, work. Gave it. I feel like I was too hard on this episode at first, and also the way he like he just gives uh, Cara Dune the the sniper rifle or whatever it is, is like a good thing where he's like, no, this isn't like you're better at doing this. You're going to be prepared to do it. I trust you because remember earlier in episode two, he would not. He really did not want to put that thing down because weapons are my religion. Oh. Uh, so it's showing you that he's he trusts her like he sees her as an equal and it doesn't just have him say I see you as my equal you know that's what a bad Star Wars thing would do it's, it's, this, this thing just shows you alright now the villagers are getting yeah way into it oh so did the sensors work or didn't they work I don't know. He's, he's moving closer he doesn't know He's so desperate to get her. That's the problem. That's it's the do- dog trying to get his bone. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, She's the rotor's getting juicy a target. Oh. And What's your opinion on the red glow from inside the cockpit of that Mars? Big fan. Me too. That's... I don't know what she hit in that shot, but it is cool. It looks like she hit nothing but the ceiling of the thing, but it's like... She hit... I like the... I like the idea that the uh, I'll just Star Wars explanation steal no prize explanation. The inside of that uh, walker was magnetically sealed, so it just bounced off the stuff until it hit somebody. Yeah, I think she hit Richard Marquand's nephew. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Oh, brutal. Oh, double stab, and from the lamest dudes in the village. That is physically yeah. and spiritually like Foden Bede would know how to describe that yeah how good is uh, the Mando's like pseudo girlfriend in this episode I love this woman she is so this is not an easy thing to pull off because you, you're not like hey you're happy that the thing got that you can't see got killed and then you got you know what I mean like that's what the actors are told they can't see this stuff uh, that's such a return of the Jedi shot 
It's really good. Oh, Yoju. Welcome oh, around the plants. Something. Oh, Look. yeah. Get it, Yoju. Get that space frog. Yeah. Oh. That's the fastest we've ever seen him move. And the, what I love oh. about this is that the children were watching him do this as if they had been there for minutes. And then they get shocked when he puts it in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> we knew you were going to do it, but you didn't have to do it. And then Yoju gives up his meal. I love the way the Mando's like legs are crossed as he's leaning against the, the basket house. He's just looking over like <laughs> old frog eater. He's like spewing up I another could, frog. If it were physically possible for me to smoke a ciggy with this helmet on, I would be doing it. Oh, ciggy. It's not gonna Australian t- reference. Yep. I picked that up from you, Steel. Thanks, buddy. Dari. So what happens if you take that thing off? Oh, the big I, questions. I, I think Gina Carano is really good, actually. I don't think she's bad at all. No, I just think she's perfect Star Wars. Like, she just buys into it. Yeah, no, she's doing what uh, Harrison Ford would do. Like, Harrison Ford is, is overacting just a little bit in Star Wars at all times. Even in ways that he wouldn't do in, like, Indiana Jones. I think she's more Hamill. She's believing it. I think she's modern-day Hamill. Yeah. She's Hamill in The Last Jedi. Like, that's Hamill's perfect in The Last Jedi, but it does require him to be like a little bit self-aware. But I, I feel like Gina Carano is is actually really, really. They're trying to see. They don't don't eat the frog. Eat the shrimp. That's what the kids are doing. They're throwing shrimp at his feet. They're making it rain for Baby Yoda. Seafood doesn't count. You can still be a vegetarian. Yeah. See, they're already dying because we took them out of the water. Look at them hop. Oh my god, he, they are they're drowning in the oxygen. He's spoiled for choice. And that is exactly what kids would do, because kids are cruel. Just want chocolate. They don't want to see a cute frog get eaten, but a shrimp? Kill it. Let it suffocate in agony. Oh, here we go. Uh, here's a so kubaz. So you get your happily ever after, and then... You think this is this got to be the same kubaz mask that they used in the first episode, right? Repurposed. I am a big fan of that pointless droid that just does the things that the humans do. Dude, if they were making figures for these shows. That figure could not stand up under its own weight. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> You know how hard it is to get an ATST to stand up? It's impossible. No, you just gotta hit lock. No, on the really back hard. on the little back there's a I lock love, button. I, I love the smile she gives to him. It's like, you've never taken your helmet off, and for all I know, you're a horrible lion man or something underneath (laughs) that thing, but I'm sort of attracted to you. She's really good. Really good. The community's grateful. You can pack all this away in case there's ever trouble. It also gives you a hint at how old the Mando actually is, because she's obviously not, like, you know, in her, like, late 20s or something, right? You know what I mean? Like, she's, she's... it gives you a hint that, oh, the Mando likes her in a way that he's not. Like, he's seen plenty of attractive women. But what show. about if he's got a voice modulator? And he takes it off and he's like, hey, Mr. Wilson. Hey, what's up? It's happened again. He almost Uh-oh. lets this happen. It's so good. Uh-oh. If he, if, yeah, he's like, oh, no, can't. This is the way and all that. But seriously, man, you fine. But he does. Oof. I feel like she is really the village's leader somehow, and I, I don't know how to explain it. Well, if she wasn't does... then, she is now. Yeah. Uh-oh. 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 
No. No. Oh. Oh. Imagine what what would be left of these kids' fragile psyches if oh. this actually happened. Go get the kids. So good. Yes. Yes, the ultimate Mando uh, moment. Somebody who's going to shoot somebody is shot by a person they didn't know was behind them. This is the way. That is it. And here is the blinking, like, thing. See? Who knows how it works? Another perfect plot device to why they have to leave. And this is a one episode. It is. They do. It does work, right? Yeah. Did they, they must have built like an extra weak version of that prop to do that, or do you think that was some kind of special effect? Stunt. It had to be a special effect. Stunt. Are you sure you don't want to escort? No, I gotta, I'm pretty sure I gotta load this wagon. <laughs> but we're gonna bypass the town. Gotta keep, right gotta keep loading it even when I'm talking to you, because otherwise, you know, right. boring to look at. Until our paths cross. It's like I've got oh. a knapsack you haven't seen before. Look at that. I'd like to think that that backpack that we haven't seen before that obviously looks like she got it in this village is just full of those shrimp. Ah. Oh, <laughs> how's the little girl hugging Yoju? Oh, yeah, look at him. Oh, my She's so sad. I have to go back and um, that handshake with them, that, that that is the best handshake since Schwarzenegger and uh, Carl Weathers in, you know, in Predator. Yeah. What's great about this episode, though, is that I'm, I'm really – I'm actually really feeling this episode this time because it does, it tells you the important stuff about the character of the Mandalorian, right? It tells you what he actually wants. It tells you what he would be doing if he were not duty bound by his weird weapon religion to wear this mask and do this stuff is that if he could, he would be here. Like this is all he wants. He doesn't want to be doing the stuff that he does. It just so happens that he's really good at the stuff that he does, right? And that he's got this... He was raised by this culture. The culture that likes to ride carts backwards. Yep. You just... You, you loaded up the cart, and you ride the cart out of there. Look at that. And there's, there's there's good old R5-D4. Let's give it he up for Bryce Dallas Howard. Great job. John Favreau. Well written. I regret uh, making comments that suggest I doubted Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, abilities because this is the second time I've seen this episode ever, you know, and I feel like it's a lot better than it felt the first time because I think I was so focused on what a great concept art, by the way. Hey, um, listen, every person that's a son of a daughter or a daughter of someone already established in Hollywood has done a great job on this series. Uh, I will. Uh, why didn't we get this scene of uh, Baby Yoda trying to like cast a spell on that loth cat? Well, I think it's just a remix. Of what we I think they really did stuff like this. I think they did. I think it's touched up. I will say though, like again, you know, people claim nepotism with Bryce Dallas Howard, but I feel like at the end of the day, like I like this episode. Maybe better than Solo. Oh, I, mean, I, I like Solo. I think Solo's fine. What an interesting critique. <laughs> I don't look at Solo as being like now that is a that is actually better directed than I thought the first time I saw it. I've seen it like five times and it's fine, but what? it's not like amazing work. 
I am you know a Star I mean? Wars director, like my father before me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'd love for, I'd love for uh, Ron Howard to come back, but I feel like this episode, like, you know, Bryce shows some real thought. Unless somebody can prove to me that all the stuff I liked about it was like storyboarded out before she came on board, I'm actually um, going to be very much uh, on her side in the future. And I'm going to be vocal about that because I feel like I've been – I talk about my favorite Rick who is still my Rick of preference. Oh. I, I didn't say hey. anything else. It's not, it's not casting aspersions Listen. on other – Hey, hey, hey. How many times has your Rick been to Prague? I don't know. Exactly. exactly. For all we know, he goes to Prague every three weeks. Does he meet Liam there? Probably if he did, he would meet a guy named Liam. Huh. Hooks him up. You know what I mean? Don't know. Don't know. He's, uh, he's his connection. Uh, but I, and I, and I've uh, I praised Deborah Chow. And, uh, but I actually think that episode is a lot better than I gave it credit for. Well, this is the thing with the Mandalorian, right, is I feel like they did, like, there's an, like, there's an episode, like, it's not, like, there's these different types of episodes, like, different themes, like, you know, like, the the one where they're doing the prison breakout episode, that, that's sort of like, you know, it's unlike any of the other episodes. Then you've got, yeah. you know, next episode, episode five, the gunslinger, the masterpiece, you know, that's your, your, your fan service flashback to Tatooine. Unless your fans like good episodes, but whatever. Oh, brutal. The next episode's going to be very contentious. I can tell. Um, so I, I love how like in the middle, they had all these different sort of vibes of episodes. And one of the, um, bones of contention that uh, I heard around that, that people were saying, you know, filler episodes and stuff. And I think if you watch the whole thing with how all these characters, like, you know, they just spent a whole episode introducing Cara Dune. So then when she comes back, you know, everything about her, you love yeah. Cara Dune. Then she comes back for the final two episodes and you're just like, Cara Dune. Yes. Yeah. An eight-episode eight series does not have more than one filler episode. It's just – it's very difficult. Like a filler episode is an episode that if you got rid of it, nothing would change. And the only episode that fits that description Hang in on. the series All is right. what changes if you don't have episode five, Steel? Wait till the end of season two. I will not. <laughs> I'm making my decision now. Um, I've heard things about episode, or, or I'm sorry, season two that do not inspire confidence. So uh, this might be the best the Mando gets. And really, I yeah, it, I do not have faith that they're going to do the right thing with season two. Hmm. What do you I don't want to go further into that, and I, I really hope that people get what they want, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be what I want. The um, and that's okay. Yeah, I, I just have um, I have such at the moment trust and an open heart for everyone that's working on this show, but the the, the rumours of um, Ahsoka did make me flinch a little. It does not 
like, look, I could be wrong. And perhaps John Favreau set up a thing in like the mid nineties. That would be perfect for a character that wasn't invented until 2006 or whatever. But my guess is that that is just a thing that's pasted in and doesn't belong there because every other time that character has showed up, it's been a thing that's been pasted in and doesn't belong there. And, um, I don't trust that particular person to do what's best for the story by bringing in their pet characters. It's just historically speaking, not a good bet. I now that doesn't, it's not necessarily going to kill the Mando. Hey, hey, Robo. Yeah. But if they do it right, Hey, if they do it right by my definition of right, it won't even happen. So yeah, definitely. (laughs) But like, I'm, I'm not even against that character, by the way. Like, I just don't understand why, (laughs) Why can't you, if you really love that character, you would let that character have some kind of meaningful moment where they do something important and then they're gone. Wow. And this particular creator just can't do that. You know, you know, I don't want to get into Steel Wars tropes, but you know when that moment was. No. You don't know um, this one. Wow. I mean, let her die in, what was it, Rebels? She, she, everybody thought she died in Rebels and then she didn't die because they're time travel. In that temple with Anakin, yeah. that was the time. Like, the, 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 the eyepiece had fallen off. You could see Anakin's face. It was him doing it. And, like, that's the difference between... Because... I, I'm not hung up on it, but I think if you want to like analyze it, I feel like it kind of weakens Luke's um, bringing back of Anakin Skywalker because in my head he was yeah. just like you know absolutely gone and 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 just relentless and heartless until um, you know Luke you know got him. You know, thinking about old times. That's like, like, you know, some of these moments in the comics are good with these callbacks and stuff, but this new type of Vader that's sort of like bemoaning his... Um, sad, sad old, reluctantly evil Vader. Yeah, it sucks. It's terrible. It's the worst thing that they've ever done to that character, and that's saying something. Yeah, kind of like, let him Vader about with some enthusiasm. Why Love does the he job. do what he does if unless he believes in it 100%? If he doesn't, like, you got everything you need. He's just biding his time until he finds somebody who can help him kill the old man. That's what he wants to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the thing about Ahsoka is it's not that she's a bad character. It's just that what does what needs to happen to Ahsoka before you know her story's over? There's no answer to that question because her story's over. There's nothing for her to do anymore. Well... We'll find out if she has this amazing conclusion that um, I go. Oh, that's obviously why you'd keep her alive. Then I'm 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 open to that. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll um, take that bet, Steel. I'll take that bet. I thought you might, <laughs> but um, high hopes. I have. Uh, I'm like. This this season is is so like you know you can have your little nitpicks you can have your helmet off and see your face yeah uh, you can have your I think the Marauders live just on the next street 
<laughs> you can have moments like that, but but overall, I had an ecstatic time. I, I um, this made me very happy to be a Star Wars fan. This whole series, yeah. This isn't anything like somebody going and like I'm going to go rally the troops. I'll tell everybody in the galaxy to show up, and they'll be there on time within a couple minutes. And that would be the dramatic reveal, and you'll be satisfied by it. Damn it! While I'm not going to disagree with you, I fully before you spoke, I'm just like, here comes uh, yeah. Robo's uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do it. Look, I enjoyed it. It's just not that great. Have you watched it in the uh, the home environment as yet? I have. I just watched it uh, last night. Um, after going through the book, right? And th- first of all, there's nothing in the movie that's as good as that one little mini chapter that I described to you. That's right. The great God, Threepio, he, he did this. That is A1 great. That, that is the best. That is the best you can do. Um, nothing is going to be as good as that. So, uh, in a way that just like demeans the entire story because it's like, well, you can't live up to that. It's just, you imagine, you imagine wicked, just pat, patting his kid on the shoulder and be like, that's right. Just as I always told you, three POs out there looking out for all of us sinners, <laughs> the golden God himself. I saw him float with my own eyes. Incredible. Thank you, Steele, and thank you, listeners. Um, I'm going to go to bed, but uh, we will do the next episode uh, shortly because we might not be going anywhere for a while. So why not? Well, um, uh, so- yeah, that was a tremendous time, Robo. And um, thanks to everyone for their support. Uh, if you want to join the Patreon, as this is going to be on the uh, the normal feed as well, it's just $3 a month. And uh, trust me, more than ever, it all is uh, very appreciated. And Steel, does that just get you access to the recent Patreon content, or will that get you access to all the Patreon content? Robbo, you will be granted access to 600-plus episodes, oh. Oh. full-length interviews, quite often quite timeless, Robbo reports, movie commentaries, um, live comedy festival shows, the... Um, you get to. This is what you should hit up if you want to laugh, and uh, the latest one is on video as well. But when you're a Patreon, you get access to Emily Lynn's fan fiction, erotic fan fiction, read live at Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Which, if you share a similar sense of humor to myself, yeah, is a very, very funny uh, hour of your life. He'll scratch that itch one way or another. You know and, what I mean? And, and, and the, it is a very visual medium, this one. You can listen to it, but yeah, to, to not watch the video, to see how hard I had to work to crop out um, certain parts of Johnny Grasso is... Um, I should be up in the Oscars. Best yeah. YouTube cropping. Yeah. Best cropping. You get that Oscar. Um. Yeah, one could say that crimes were committed that day, Steele. No, 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 no. But at times, <laughs> they they were definitely. Um, I, I know there was. Um, people glad he didn't go any further. Crimes of passion. 
let's well, say. But you know when the ATST is up against the pond and he like puts his toe, he goes and and then I think it was then what the ATST didn't have was Horst Burkhart like in the crowd going, no, <laughs> back down, back down, Johnny, <laughs> back down. Yeah, uh, Johnny, he almost lost a couple jobs <laughs> that way. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I- I'll say this, the value steal, it's immeasurable. Oh, it's, it's $3. The value for your $3 it's immeasurable. True. But um, if you wanted to measure it, you could say it's um, half a cent for every episode, I think. I worked there out right? Oh, at this point, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Anyway. That's, that's good. Yeah. Hey. So long, I got to go. Guys, don't you think this is worth half a cent? Robbo? Uh, I know. I do. All right. Well, um, thanks so much, Robbo. Have a good night's sleep. Take care, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. May that force be with you, and so long, suckers. You know it. Oh, and there's my boy. He's back. Yeah, Harry knows it's the end of the episode, so I'm off to tend. Um, I will take hands off his, uh, take him off his mother's hands right now and do some cooing. Uh, Atta boy. Good Atta night, boy. everyone. Take care. Good night. All right, cheers, mate. <laughs> Oh Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.